Today on CityCast Pittsburgh, serving time in jail is designed to be unpleasant. You know, the food isn't great. The calls are expensive. But you aren't supposed to die while you're in there. Since March of 2020, 16 people have died at the Allegheny County Jail. And officials aren't telling us why. Brittany Haler with the Pittsburgh Institute for Nonprofit Journalism says she hopes a new outside investigation could help. It's Tuesday, August 23rd. I'm Morgan Moody, and this is CityCast Pittsburgh. People have died at the jail so far this year, um, but advocates and reporters like you have been um, talking about unsafe conditions there for years. So why is this review just happening now? It is unclear why the review is happening now. This is the first time that I have heard the county executive be on record about a death in the jail. I've been asking the county and his office about every death that I've known of since November 2020. Um, and there's there's been 16 now? Yes. There has been 16 deaths since March of 2020. And how are they dying, uh, these 16 people? Several of them were older men who died of some sort of cardiovascular issue. Some of them are drug-related, either overdose or withdrawal or some complication of, of drug use. There is one suspected suicide that the jail maintains is not a suicide, but the family is now suing the jail, alleging that this person killed themselves, which is Marty Busick. But again, he don't tell us anything. And a lot of people are sort of scratching their heads (laughs) about why now, how did they come to this decision, and what role will the jail oversight board play moving forward with this review? You've reported the jail oversight board didn't know this was coming either, which, you know, their name kind of suggests that this is their area of expertise. Who is handling um, this review and what are they going to be looking for? So the National Commission on Correctional Healthcare, or the NCCHC, is who will be conducting this review. This is not the first time they have conducted a review of our jail. The first report was published in 2019, and that followed seven suicides in three years at the Allegheny County Jail. So we had one of the highest suicide rates in the country several years ago. Uh, The NCCHC came in. They did a review. They reported that there was a shortage in nursing and mental health specialists. And that was sort of their takeaway was we have a staffing issue here. Um, Since then. The warden has had to report vacancies in nursing and mental health uh, positions to the jail oversight board every month. We've had at least 50 since I've been reporting on the jail since 2020. It's a requirement of this audit, you know, this review, but then the vacancies continue, the deaths continue. Of those people who have died so far, are their deaths considered preventable? That's a hard question to answer because we're not getting a lot of details out of the deaths that are happening at the jail. The jail oversight board has never reviewed or investigated a death in the jail. And of the 13 deaths that I wrote a timeline about, it took me two years to obtain that information. And I'm not a medical expert. You know, I just bringing this forward and saying, somebody help look at this, you know, is this a concern? 
Um, of course, a suicide should be preventable. There should be mental health supports for someone who takes their own life. But with other cases, we've had one COVID death that was on record in the two years. One could argue, I mean, is that preventable? I don't know. And then there's a lot of questions about a lot of the deaths. We had a, uh, I think he was the youngest death occurred this year. He was 26 years old, Gerald Thomas. Yep. Mm-hmm. He suffered a uh, embolism, and that's all we know. The other thing that happens a lot, and this is a little bit of a tangent, but UCLA just did this huge look at um, autopsies at the Los Angeles County Jail. So they went back 10 or 20 years, looked at all the autopsies of in-custody deaths, and they found that often a medical examiner will say something is a natural death or rule it for natural causes, when if that person wasn't in custody, it might have been ruled an accident, it might have been ruled a suicide, it might have been ruled something else. So that's another problem is we don't have access to these autopsy reports. We don't have access to these medical records. There is no other third party looking at these and and able to make this assessment saying, there's a pattern here. So the NCCHC might be doing that, which is great. But when I go to the county and I ask them, what's going to be made public? They're saying it's out of our hands. It's with the NCCHC. Hey, Pittsburgh. I want to tell you about a real Steel Town hero. Mary Cardwell Dawson was just the coolest. Not only was she the proprietess of that gorgeous Victorian mansion on Apple Street in Homewood, but inside it, she presided over the National Negro Opera Company. She founded guilds for other Black singers all over the nation. And she was a mentor for fellow opera singers from here to Washington, D.C. And lucky for you, our modern Pittsburgh opera has a show celebrating her legacy. Get your tickets now for The Passion of Mary Cardwell Dawson. It's at the Bayam Theater through May 5th. And don't be nervous if you're new to opera. The show is in English. It's just over an hour and features a little dialogue for folks to follow along. Tickets start at just $15, and there are all kinds of discounts and special offers for students, teachers, seniors, and veterans. Get your tickets now in our show notes for the Pittsburgh Opera. That's at pittsburghopera.org. Is there any evidence of uh, that something similar could be happening here or something, you know, that you're curious about as far as the path, if there is a pattern? There, we did a story a couple months ago on Bankley Harris. He was the jail's medical director ordered for his code to be changed to do not resuscitate without notifying his family. So he was essentially taken off of life support or, if, you know, that like those life saving measures were were changed. Mm-hmm. And that's a big issue. You know, consent from family and medical proxies. It's a big ethical discussion in that story is. Is this allowed? Um, he had physical trauma to his body. His death was ruled an accident. There's been no investigation into what happened to him. Cody still died in October of 2020. The jail's medical director ordered for brain surgery to be performed without consent for family. So there's these medical decisions that are being made. There's questions around how these people got sick. Family members are not getting the medical records of their dead loved one. Multiple families that I've talked to, 
which we've also reported, have gone to the jail, requested the medical records of the person who's died, and they have been denied those medical records. So even the own family members of someone who's dying in custody don't actually know what happened. <laughs> so it's really hard to say, oh, these could be accidents or these could be natural when we don't even have even someone who would be entitled to that information is not being provided. Yeah, that's a lot of um, a lot more questions. I feel like that the, the this is leading to than answers. Um, has anyone said how long the review is like expected to take? No. <laughs> uh, anything that I've asked the county, they say it's up to NCCHC. When you go to NCCHC, they say we don't talk about individual facilities. So it's a kind of a, a, another wall of information. Uh, the jail oversight board, Bethany Hallam, Corey O'Connor, both are in the media saying they have no information. And there's a jail oversight board meeting coming up on Thursday. They've canceled a bunch of them uh, lately. Is there anything you're expecting to hear from this one? Um, I would expect that the the historical review of deaths is going to get brought up by community. Gerald Thomas, who was 26 when he died in the jail, his mom has been attending jail oversight board meetings since his death. So I, I would expect she's going to be there. Um, much of the community is raising questions of, how did this come to be? Who's making that decision? What role is the jail oversight board going to play in this review and its findings uh, in the future? What are you expecting to see in this report? Are you like excited? Isn't really the word, but are you excited to see um, some of these families, you know, maybe get the answers they've been looking for for months? If they are going to provide a report that's detailed, that is exciting. If they're going to in, in, make changes, that is exciting. If they're going to give these families justice, that's exciting. I mean, I've interviewed thir- like dozens of moms and s- all these people on, about the worst thing that's ever happened to them, and the jail does not talk to them. You know, they, they're not getting medical records. They're not getting uh, answers. So if they can get answers, that's exciting and needed. But this this review has already happened once. We got a report in 2019 about suicides and the jail continues to have vacancies, continues to to do the same thing that it was doing in 2019. And in fact, the death rate has gone up. So uh, yes, yeah, the A and B. I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully, it, it, I don't know. Any kind of transparency would be great. Yeah. <laughs> I guess is what I, I'm hoping for. <laughs> Brittany Haler is the director of the Pittsburgh Institute for Nonprofit Journalism. Thank you so much, Brittany, for your work and for joining us on CityCast Pittsburgh. Thank you guys for having me and thank you for the work you do. A little more news before you go. A bunch of local groups and leaders rallied over the weekend again calling for UPMC to contribute to Pittsburgh's budget. UPMC is one of the largest employers in the area. They reportedly brought in $1.5 billion last year, but they don't pay taxes because they're technically a nonprofit. UPMC makes payment in lieu of taxes or pilots on properties it owns in Erie and South Fayette, but not in Pittsburgh. And Ukraine's Independence Day is Wednesday, and Row House Cinema will be screening a Ukrainian film with the proceeds going toward relief efforts there. We'll have those details in our newsletter. So far, the project has raised about $130,000. 
That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. If you enjoyed the show, tell everyone you know, literally everyone, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city, so we'll see you then. Yeah, yeah, that's always the complaint.